right, good uh, Thursday morning, everybody. Welcome in Concrete Jungle, a New York baseball podcast, live from FingerLakes1.com studio, third floor North Park building, Seneca Falls. I am Paul Russo. To my right, your left, but everybody's favorite sports director, Kyle Evans, Mr. Rochester himself, Nate Sharman behind the uh, controls, producing. Appreciate him as always. Boys, how we doing today? How we feeling? Wonderful. How are you, Paul? Good, good. good. Can't complain over here. Good. Excellent. Lots to uh, discuss. Um, it's been um, been an interesting week, I- I'd say, um, for a multitude of different reasons for, for the Yankees and Mets. Um, but, again, I- I- I've been going back to this. It's kind of funny how things kind of mirror each other with the teams this year. And although their exact problems, albeit with their many positives at this point with both teams, uh, it, it, even though the, the problems at their, at their probably very macro level appear different, at, at their core they're pretty similar. So I, I've, I've been finding it funny kind of following along. So we'll, we'll kind of, you know, usually how we, you know, do things, right? So we'll do the updates, obviously, and stuff like that. But we're going to dive deep into a couple of the uh, – storylines for each team here today which I'm, I'm really looking forward to and then um for our you know throughway brethren here in the throughway corridor rochester and syracuse uh, again a little bit of battle of the elements this week um so we'll, we'll touch base on them and kind of see where everything's at and um a pretty cool um story has emerged out of out of rochester which i don't think got a ton of attention uh, I didn't even really know about it until a couple of days ago, in all honesty. Uh, that involves uh, the Finnish national baseball team, uh, their president and manager. Um, we'll discuss that a little bit uh, as well when we get to them. But um, let's jump right in. Who, who do we start with last with on Monday? Did we start with the Yankees or yeah, with the Mets? The Yankees. Okay. We'll start with the Mets then, obviously. Meet the Mets. Um Still sitting at um, a nice, comfortable lead in the fir- in the NLE, still in first place. Uh, taking two of three to start uh, the series against St. Louis. Obviously, the fourth game being this afternoon. Um, doubleheader on Tuesday, rained out on Monday. Kind of, like I said, been the story of the week, kind of, in a way, for some of these teams. But um, I digress there. Um, so, Tuesday game one, the doubleheader there. Um, 3-1 Met victory. Reed picked up the win, his first of the year out of the bullpen. Miles Michaelis uh, picked up his second loss for the Cardinals. It wasn't exactly uh, a, what I'd call a uh, uh, an offensive Mets blowout, if you will, and that's something we'll touch on here, obviously, a little bit. Um, Sugar Diaz picked up his ninth save of the year. Uh, Trevor Williams went four innings, no decision, four hits, but six strikeouts. Pretty much what they needed him to do in the spot. Um, although his spot in the rotation, we'll, we'll touch on this, obviously, when we preview the series for the weekend. Still to be announced for, for that slot in the rotation coming up on Saturday. Um, I'd say things are probably pointing to him probably getting the nod again there. Uh, but uh, like I said, um, good job by him in and in just coming in kind of spot starting and getting the first four innings out of the way for the Mets. Uh, Dom Smith, who we'll also discuss here in a little bit, uh, two for four, uh, double an RBI and a run scored. Jeff McNeil also, same stat line, two for four, a double RBI and a run there. Uh, Mets do drop game two Tuesday on the doubleheader for three. 
Ryan Helsey uh, for the Cardinals picks up the win out of the pen. He's been their setup. Has also closed in some spots. Uh, Yoli Rodriguez uh, picked up the loss for the Mets, uh, second one of the year out of the bullpen. And Yankee legend Giovanni Gallegos picked up his seventh save of the season for the Cardinals. So uh, just Tuesday in a nutshell, and it's kind of uh, where we kind of sit with the Mets in a way. Um, Taiwan Walker, no decision, went five innings. Uh, gave up seven hits, three earned, two walks, four strikeouts. But quality start again for Ty. Um, can't ask for much more. Mark Hanna went one for four with a home run. Eduardo Escobar one for four with a home run. So, um, like I said, the doubleheader on Tuesday kind of encapsulates a little bit of the struggles that we've seen with the Mets um, the past really couple weeks or so. Uh, the offense is kind of struggling to get going a little bit. Yeah, and it is hard to take, you know, to sweep a doubleheader. So, I guess you could give them that. But, yeah, overall, I guess a pretty good uh, doubleheader for them. And then on yesterday, on Wednesday, um, positive and negatives for the Mets. Obviously, the offense really showed out. It was 11-4 victory there. Max Scherzer uh, picked up the win, uh, but we'll touch base on the main talking point with him. A lot of Mets fans scared. Yeah. Uh, and Jake Walsh, the loss for the Cardinals. Uh, Mark Hanna, not a good game for him, two for three. Uh, hit by pitch and a walk at an RBI and three runs scored. Pete Alonzo hit a homer, picked up another hit, also got plunked, but collected four RBIs along the way. Scherzer went five and two-thirds, uh, seven innings, and earned run four strikeouts, but uh, he pulled himself from the game, obviously, with the injury. Uh, there's not too much known right now. Um, he said he called it what he called a zing on his left side, um, and he knew that he was done on the spot. Does have an MRI scheduled for today. Uh, obviously, with those, those get done sooner than later. But that was the last update that we had as of this morning. Uh, but obviously, Kyle, that's the pretty much the biggest news, at least on the field-wise, that we have with the Mets now moving forward the next couple days. Yeah, and you, you can understand Mets fans are they're kind of frustrated, worried. I mean, they already lost to Grom to begin the year. Um, Taiwan Walker's already been down with an injury. I think their just pitching depth is going to be tested. I don't. I would be shocked if Scherzer didn't at least go on the ten day IL. But I guess we could know more later today. Um, yeah, I think the best part about this though is that like it wasn't an arm injury. I think right away people are like, "Oh, is this an arm injury? You know, is it something with the elbow?" But no, it was. It happened to just be what they actually the Mets were calling, like you said, left side discomfort. So I think that's kind of the best case scenario, even though he might miss some time so I think you know you mentioned a good point because and we'll, we'll touch on this a little bit too when we get really to Syracuse in this but um they the Mets have already made a couple calls up notably Holderman uh out of the bullpen and Adonis as well um who's been mostly working out of the bullpen as well although he could probably get some run as a starter kind of be a Trevor Williams-esque type type situation but for as good as the Mets have been, their 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 immediate minor league help being obviously Triple A Syracuse, Double A Binghamton, both teams uh, not in a good spot. Binghamton started off really hot, but they have completely fallen off over the course of the past few weeks. Um, obviously, we know about Syracuse's plight. We'll, we'll continue to talk about that a little bit anyway today. Uh, but you know, there there really is just no true reinforcements within behind there like we usually see um you know you look at the Yankees how they brought Luis Hill last week and hopefully everything's okay with him unfortunately talk about an injury prognosis things aren't looking good there he popped his elbow uh, was it yesterday yep so um 
hopefully things are all right there. But look, I mean, that's just an example, right, of how you know you could you have that luxury of going and grabbing a guy from AAA if you needed to for a couple couple games and. The Mets don't quite have that. You know, they, they brought in a guy in my mind like Mike, Mike Montgomery who would be able to help with these younger guys at AAA and be a guy you could call up. But he he's, frankly, as, at this point, has struggled. Uh, the first couple starts, he didn't get the run support. Now he's been really hit, bad. Yeah, his CRA has ballooned up to over 5.5, um, 0, 0, 0-5 on the year. And, you know, to be fair, I mean, and you look at the other team, you look at the other pitchers where it's Sapucky or um, I know the only – Pitcher for the Mets, the S Mets that's pitched this week, starting wise has been a, um, it's a Trini, and he got he didn't get rocked. I mean, but they pulled the plug on him pretty quick. He only went three and a three and two thirds against Buffalo on Tuesday, so the reinforcements within just aren't there. Yeah, they definitely have some interesting decisions to make, but who knows? Maybe Scherzer won't even miss time. I just I would be shocked. I mean, he literally pulled himself out of the game. So uh, I think they'll at least have to, you know, have a starter for one or two times to the rotation to take his spot. So a couple of things to note. Obviously, we mentioned the offensive struggles of, of the Mets. And I feel like the highlight of that at the moment, unfortunately, has kind of been a guy like Francisco Lindor, who uh, started off fairly good, fairly hot. We thought he, he turned curve. I still think he turned a curve. I think this is maybe part of baseball as a whole at, at the moment. But you look at the lineup. They just aren't firing on all cylinders, kind of the way they were at the start of the year, uh, in a way. Uh, but that's something that you mentioned really on Monday, Kyle, is the fact that, look, it's 162 games. Things like this are going to happen. That being said, you do kind of get a little bit worried some because the Mets are more or less now that <laughs> if you're playing the numbers game, uh, the way they've played the past couple weeks, they'll lose today. But they're playing now slightly back above 500 baseball uh, for the time being. Um and look, they, they got off to such a hot start. They still have a six-game lead over the Phillies in, in the National League East that um, you know you don't necessarily have to worry about that. Obviously, as we as we're in mid-May, going to late May, but there there still has to be to me a little bit of a marginal concern here. Um, the, the only reason being, you know, like I said, you don't have any reinforcements within, and. I'll touch on the other one here when after uh, after I have your opinion, Kyle, about how kind of where you stand with this because um, I feel like they may have to use one of their offensive pieces to go and get pitching possibly here. Yeah, um, like you said, just a great start. Um, they're 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 still in a really good position. That's what I was kind of mentioning with the Yankees a couple weeks ago. You know, it's just it's such a crazy start that like even if they kind of slump a little bit and drop you know, play 500 ball for a week or two. It's not the end of the world. And then even in the NL East, I mean, look at the teams in there. They're just, what is every one of them below 500, I believe? Yeah. Yeah, so like they have Well, the, Phil- the Phillies aren't, I don't think. Okay. Because, because it's, it's a true six-game lead. Okay. So they would be, yeah, the Phillies would be sitting at 19, 19 and 17. Yeah, so um, or something like that. Anyway. Still, a really good, a really good spot. But yeah, as you said, um, I think they're going to have to go out and get some some pitching. Mm-hmm. At the, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it could even be sooner than the trade deadline. Because did you know the trade deadline's actually pushed to August second? Yes. Yep. Yes. So it's a little later. I mean, not too late, t- too much later. But um, I think they'd have to make a move a little sooner, right. probably. Yeah, the Phillies are eighteen and nineteen. So yeah, Kyle, you're correct. Oh. Um, every other team's below five hundred besides the uh, Mets. Yeah, so there's that. Good job. Okay, um, 
So this brings me to uh, really, I guess, the main talking point now with that. Obviously, mentioned trade bait and stuff like that. Uh, beginning of the year, I really did think the Mets had a golden a golden thing in, in having Pete Alonso and Dom Smith with Universal DH. Uh, I still feel this way overall. I, I don't think it's um, a, th- a thing that you could exactly mess up, whether you have Pete Alonso play first base every day and, and Dom Smith DH or vice versa, where Dom Smith's playing first every day and you have P. Alonzo DH. That being said, and this is where, this has really only been by one true critique of Buck Showalter throughout the years, has been the way he platoons. Um, Dom Smith at at this point now, and I feel, I understand where he's coming from here, so I'll give the quote that Dom Smith has given out, um, was now two days ago. Dom Smith, I just want to play every day, to be honest. That's what I want to do. I like where this team is going. I feel like I can impact this team in a number of ways, and that's being in the lineup every day, in my opinion. But as a person, being here since I was 22, now I'm 26 and in the same position, about to be 27. If there's a team out there that wants me to play, I would love to play every day. That's just how I feel about that. So I I understand his frustration because, like I said, I, and the way he put, has played and, and – has made himself the player he is. Now, look, we've been over this a couple of different times on the podcast. He's not going to be the player that everybody thought he was when he was that top prospect. That's simply the way it is. That's something that he has even accepted. But the fact of the matter is, in my mind, the bat's too good. I get that he's struggling, but there's a lot of bats in that Met lineup struggling right now. Um, the fact of the matter is he carried that team through 2020 in a tough spot. Did a lot of the work last year helping to keep that team at least, you know, in a in a straight line, if you will, making sure they didn't get too far off track. Um, I understand his frustration. He brings up a good point, right? He's been up with the Mets at this point since he's since he was 22. Obviously, the first couple of years there, 22, 23, his his age, 22, 23 seasons, right? He was kind of bouncing back and forth. But that being said, you know, he's been in he's been with them that he he knows how the team operates and he more than deserves a chance at this point. Um I don't know. I, I, I think he I don't think he meant to do it in the way that he did here, but he's probably made himself the trade piece now that that I mentioned that you were kind of alluding to a little bit, Kyle. Um you know, to, to go out and get pitching because look, there there are there are plenty of teams out there, especially in the National League still, that need a whether it's a true DH architect architect type or that first baseman style. I know I was I was talking with a friend of mine last night who was a Mets fan, and one stereo he brought up, and I didn't think about it in that realm, but it's certainly a possibility it could be a team like Cincinnati who is rebuilding, can take guys more on the cheap. Um and with Dom Smith, you could you might be able to also you know you might be able to get a, a Taylor Malier type. You might not get Castillo, you might get Malier, and you know you might in that situation you also might have to take on a guy like say Mustakis, but that could also help out with your offensive you know dilemma in a way. Um, but you know it, for that that would also help out the Reds in a way, right? You kind of find your Vado replacement for in a couple years. Uh, you can kind of move Votto off of first base and have him be your DH or, you know, kind of vice versa, like I said. Um, you know, there there are teams out there that want Dom Smith. I mean, as a Yankee fan, I, I'd love to have Dom Smith, to be completely honest with you. 
obviously it's not going to happen. We'll dump, we'll jump into obviously the Yankee stuff there with that, but um, you know, I that's just how I feel. I, 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 it might be the fact that I do like Dom Smith. He's one of my favorite guys to to have watched over the past couple of years as he's kind of bloomed and, and kind of shown what he can kind of do after some people did write him off. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with you. It'll be something, you know, definitely interesting to watch over the next few months. Um, I didn't actually see the quote that you just uh, said, but, I mean, you, you kind of get his frustration. Like he said, he's been there a while. He wants to play every day. I mean, who wouldn't want to play every day? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the only situation we've seen over the years with players that, you know, just don't play every day when they should or they feel like they should. So, yeah, you kind of get his frustration. But um, I don't really know – other than him, like you just mentioned, I don't know who else the Mets would, you know, be willing to trade to get a pitcher. So I think that's the perfect option. Right. I'll take him um, on my Pirates. Sure. Yeah, I mean, but... Uh, <laughs> Mitch Keller, that's really... I mean, he's he's struggled this the year. Ma- the Mets are not going to want to take Mitch Keller. I know. I don't want to be that guy. Trying the, to be the only, the only, I love Dom Smith in the lineup. The only, the only guy on the Pirates I would imagine the Mets would possibly want would maybe be Brubaker. And even then, I've heard interesting stories surrounding him, in all honesty. They can have him, too. I'd be fine with that. No. <laughs> he struggled this year, too. Well, yeah, I think, you know. The Pirates struggle most Pirates starting pitchers have this season. True. But they did win last night, so um, get some momentum going. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I found the quote interesting because I, I, didn't, I didn't really know about it until last night. And I thought I brought up a good point because, you know, like I said, you know, the Mets have been struggling offensively. Um, and... That's one of the things, too, when you platoon a guy, that's the one really knock on it is, should one of them be hot or one of them be cold, you know, it, it might not matter because it's that particular matchup, which means they're in or out no matter what, full stop. It was just like the Luke Voigt and uh, Anthony Rizzo situation right. late last year. Right. You know, Voigt was constantly telling the media, you know, that he deserves to play, he wants to play, and, you know, they're not going to start him over the gold glove or uh, Anthony Rizzo, so... Yeah, and, and, and look, I, I mean, there are certain situations I'm not going to sit here and run away because to a degree I, I do think there are some principles of platooning that are very true, and I, I do abide by them in my own personal situations. That being said, if a guy is just batting better, if the guy's with a hot hand right now, I mean, you got to ride with that. I mean, there's also a degree of that that you have to take in consideration no matter what. And look, I mean, that's kind of been a thing that um, Buck Buck struggled with in, in Baltimore. I mean, the prime example that's for every reason him putting in Ubaldo Jimenez instead of Zach Britton. It's just in the bullpen as, as an example, right? Or having Travis Snyder be your everyday right fielder, more or less, because while well, you're facing more lefties that week, just dumb stuff like that. Either way. Um, the Mets, uh, one game left against St. Louis uh, today. Uh, one ten start on SNY, Dakota Hudson, and Chris Bassett uh, for the Mets. Um, before getaway, they're heading out west to face the Colorado Rockies. Uh, three games set out there. It's a West Coast uh, swing for the Mets, uh, so we'll be seeing some NL West action for them over the course of the next week. Uh, all, um, all games, uh, at least positive for, for people out here, are not on pay per watch. Uh, Friday nights on SNY, uh, Saturday and Sunday are both on WPIX. Um, so find your local affiliates there, as we've always mentioned with that. Uh, tomorrow night, 8.40 start, 
Cookie Carrasco goes uh, for the Mets. He's won three on the year, or three and one on the year rather. He will be going up to Herman Marquez, uh, who was one and three, a six point one six ERA, and has not been a good start to the year for what Binding Colorado was hoping to be their ace uh, moving forward. Um, Saturday an eight ten start. Um, Technically, TBA, I, I've slated Trevor Williams in there because this would be the spot uh, where he has filled the past couple times through. So we'll call it Trevor Williams because, I mean, the Syrac- I don't know who you'd call it from the Syracuse Mets at this point besides maybe Peterson. Uh, but even then, who knows? Mets, I, I'm surprised I've not called them up. Kyle Evans, go ahead. Um, so I just wanted to mention, I saw this on Twitter this morning. Um, so the Mets are going to be flying to Colorado, obviously, after today's game. And uh, today it's going to be a high of 88 in Colorado. Tomorrow for the game, 32. Saturday, 29. Look at the difference wow. in that weather. Okay. It goes from the 80s to the 30s and the 20s in yeah. three days. That's just crazy. I just want to point that out real yeah. quick. Um, and then, yeah, uh, that's Colorado for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for Colorado on Saturday, it'll be a nice little bright spot. I, I think he's gotten uh, – he's an interesting piece. He's kind of bounced around a little bit. But Austin Gomber – He's two and three on the year. Obviously, his stats say otherwise, but this was a guy who kind of at one point was written off to bullpens for a couple of different teams, whether it had been the Marlins or uh, the Guardians or take your pick. Uh, but he's kind of found some stability in Colorado, which uh, is the case also for their Sunday starter, who we'll touch on uh, as well. Sunday, 310 start. Ty Walker going for the Mets against Chad Cool, three and two on the year, 3.86. Pirate legend Chad Cool. So. Uh, again, another guy who's found stability uh, out in Colorado in a weird way. Three and two, three point eight six ERA there. Um, going against a manager, another manager who I do like in Bud Black, um, old school guy, former catcher. I think that's why you kind of see some of these younger pitchers do really well with him. And um, I, uh, yeah, Tom Richard swings like that, even for the home team who kind of have that home field advantage, quote unquote, are always tough. Um, Looks like some rain too. Some yeah, I don't, snow. I don't. I don't see a sweep for the Mets, but I'm, I'm guessing 2-0-1 they'll take the series. Yeah, That's my guess. Elevation's got to play a factor too, right? Well, that's obvious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just always so interesting to look at teams and, and any of the leagues that come in and play in Colorado and, right. and how they act. Uh, we, we look at football the most, but even looking at golf, you see, you see players playing at higher elevations. You know, tee shots go so much further. So it's, it's just kind of fun for me to look at, and I've always enjoyed looking at that. Yeah. All right, I'm going to say it. Go ahead. They're going to lose this series. You've said that the past, like, three straight. And I won. You've won once. No, I said a split for the Cardinals, and they're on their way to a split today. I don't know about that. So, yeah, we can go back and watch. I definitely said split. I said right, they're definitely right. not losing the series, but a split. Um, Yeah, so they're going to lose two out of three. They're going to. All right, let's move over to the Yankees. We are already knee-deep in time almost in a way. <laughs> Uh, the Yankees uh, still in first place, obviously, in the AL East. Um, their record at 28-9. Who would have thought? Not it me. It's so weird on paper. Not me. <laughs> no other team has single-digit losses still, and it's been like that for a while. Yeah. Um, Monday, nice little victory, 6-2. to two. Uh, Severino picked up his third one on the year, 3-0 and oh on the year. Uh, everybody's favorite, Kyle Bradish, uh, gets the loss for the Orioles. Severino went six innings, gave, gave up a hit and one earned run, seven strikeouts. Um, pretty much all the offense came came pretty early in that game. Uh, that's kind of actually been the story for for both for all the games so far for the Yankees against Baltimore. But Josh Donaldson, a nice game for him, three for four, home run, a walk. Uh, 
Jose Trevino, first home run as a Yankee, but two for four, three RBIs. Excellent job by him. Um, I, again, it, it's interesting. Anytime I, I kind of feel we, we trend backwards a little bit or something like that and, and look back, part of me still thinks Trevino should probably be the everyday catcher for the Yankees at this point or that de facto everyday catcher. I think him and Higgy are, are on pretty even plane at this point, but that's just kind of the way I view it. Yeah, Higashioka, though, is definitely due for you know, like a hot stretch. I mean, we saw it the last couple of years. I mean, even with the power, it's just so odd that right. he hasn't been able to really do much. And uh, Trevino is hitting 286 over his last six games, so yeah. I think he's starting to heat up a bit. Yep. On Tuesday, 5-4, uh, it became a nail-biter, even though it really shouldn't have been, and we'll touch on that anyway. But Jimson Tyone picks up his fourth one on the year. Uh, 3.82 ERA, Musa 4-1 has been pretty much the most quiet Yankee uh, a pitcher somehow through all this. Maybe perhaps the most quiet Yankee really good performances on the year have been out of Tyone. Um, Dylan Tate except the loss out of the pen for Baltimore. Chapman, despite his best efforts, did pick up the save, his ninth of the year. Yeah, he's not my closer. Yeah, uh, well, we'll touch on that, obviously, once we get through uh, recapping last night's game. Uh, but Tyone went five innings, six hits, three earned a walk, and two strikeouts. Michael King, uh, a name that you've brought up a couple different times on the closer front, Kyle, went three innings on the pen and six strikeouts. Aaron Judge, though, four for five, a couple home runs, a double, three RBI, two runs, big offensive day for the big guy. A day after Aaron Boone gives him the day off. Right. Said he was very pissed off about it, and it certainly showed. So also, we'll touch on uh, that uh, the, the remaining portion of that as well. Uh, after we recap last night's game, 3-2 victory, Aaron Cole, or Garrett Cole, uh, picks up the win uh, for the Yankees. Now moves to 4-0 on the year, uh, much to the chagrin of, of Nate Sharman. Jordan Lyles picks up the loss for the Orioles. And Clay Holmes, Kyle Evans' save uh, closer, picks up his third save on the year. Garrett Cole, seven innings, six hits, two earned and five strikeouts. Glaber Torres had a double and an RBI, and Dalton picked up a couple hits and scored a run. I wish I had the uh, cash register emote back here so we could do that for Aaron Judge because that's got to be his eyes because he is unbelievable right. this this portion of the year, and he's pretty happy that he didn't sign a contract because Bet he's on himself. millions on it. Yeah. Yep. So the Judge 4-for-5 game with two home runs, and you could definitely make the case that it might have been three home runs if Camden Yards had its old dimensions. And now this has become a talking point. And obviously the Yankees will, are highlighting it, but it's been a rumble throughout the league uh, to start the year. Uh, they pushed the wall back and put it higher up in left field. Um, They're tired the of off giving season. up so many home runs. The in, well, that's the interesting part in this. In 2021, uh, the average home run total per game at Camden Yards was 3.21. In 2022, it's 1.06. So um, it definitely has done the job there. That being said, and like I mentioned, it's been highlighted because of the Yankees, so we'll touch on the Yankees' quotes first before I move on to one other one. So Aaron Judge was asked first about it, more or less, because obviously the the media pit goes to him first. Uh, It always does with the players, more or less. Judge, it's a travesty, man. I'm pretty upset. It just looks like a creative park now. And he's not necessarily wrong. It it does give me MVP Baseball 2005 vibes when, when I look at it. Um, but the one that garnered... you absolutely love dating yourself on this podcast. I do, but the one that um, really obviously got the discussion was Aaron Boone, uh, because obviously with the comments uh, in the past with Chris Woodard uh, and and 
the Rangers about Yankee Stadium. Aaron Boone, he almost got three homers, but build your own ballpark got him. Such a great quote, and he laughed about it after. I mean, it was tremendous. But that being said, like I said, it's been rumbles throughout the league, and Trey Mancini, Baltimore's one of their best players, nobody likes it, no hitters like it, myself included. I missed that one. So what what does that tell you about that? Um, It's funny because, um, again, going back to, to people who I talk to, I had a Red Sox fan who I'm friends with also tell me, it's like, is it sad that Yankee Stadium is about the most normal ballpark in the AL East right now? And I go, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily say normal in that, in that sense. I did bring up the fact that you could make the case that Rogers Center isn't normal, but for the time that it was built in the area that it was built, it's a, it was pretty standard. And to me, it still is a fairly standard ballpark. It's just turf. Yeah, and the trops you know. a dump, so yeah. we won't even go there. But, um, yeah, I mean, I – I'm not a fan of it. I mean, I, Camden Yards is one of the parks I still have yet to get to. I've always wanted to go. Um, but And also, like, the left field wall at Camden Yards was an interesting was an interesting piece because the fans were close to the players and um, the interactions you got from out there. I mean, the one that sticks out to me, go ahead and play the old guy sounder, Nate, was uh, when Manny Ramirez robbed a home run one time. He climbed the wall, stayed up there, and high-fived a couple fans before climbing down when he was with the Red Sox. So, um you know, I, it, look, I, I get why ballparks sometimes have to change dimensions. I mean, it, it, it happens, I think, more times than people kind of think year to year, even if it's just fairly minuscule in nature. Um, I mean, the one that kind of sticks out to me was maybe a decade or so ago. Um, the Trop did it with not anything in the outfield in particular, but the, the walls down the, the foul lines. They brought in a little bit more, um, dropped them down lower, uh, stuff like that. I mean, I know uh, Oakland, the Oco. I mean, say what you want about it. That one also sticks out. Um, T-Mobile Park in Seattle's done it now a couple different times. So, um, just just as an example, I, I don't think I think it's a little bit unjust um, calling it a creative park. Obviously, whenever a field and stadium does any dimensional changes or anything like that, there there needs to be the the twenty three to seven vote in order to have it approved like anything out of the owners. And, and then obviously on the union side of things as well, which I think that's 66% or something like that. But, um, you know, the players knew it was coming. Um, the the coaches knew it was coming. The teams knew it was coming. In that regard, I, I don't know if they have much leg of a stand on, but you know it's bad when even your hometown players are even talking out against against it as well as the biggest names in the league. I was actually pretty uh, surprised with Judge's comments. He usually doesn't like say that kind of stuff to the media, at least. Right. And so that was kind of interesting, especially because they won it. I mean, he had a hell of a night at the plate. So, yeah. but yeah. All right, let's uh, let's move on to a couple of struggling Yankees. Um, we'll start with uh, Chapman. I feel like we can kind of get through this one, admittedly, a little bit quicker than the other one. Um, Initially this year, I thought he started off really good. I thought the the panic on him was a bit unjust in a way, um, but um, you know that that being said, really more or less, um, he's now given up a run and at least a run in each of his last four outings. Does have the blown save now, but um, he he's leaving the slider up. He he's starting to leave a lot of things hanging. Um, the, it doesn't have a lot of movement on it anymore. He can't, and, and it's I I don't know if it's so much age or usage. I don't know what's catching up to him at this point. Uh, but he's he has he just is not the same pitcher right now. 
Yeah, he, he has been. He can't command his fastball, and then when right. he can't do that, he hangs sliders, and, I mean, it's either a walk or a hit. I mean, he just doesn't get many outs. Uh, the strike, like, his, I think his fastball velocity is even down at times. Yeah. It's just I don't like him in a, in a safe situation, and I don't understand why. I know they didn't go with him last night because he pitched two days, two days in a row anyways, but, like, stop going with him in a safe situation. I think it's tough because – he is the only true closer on that team, all things considered. Um, at least healthy right now. I think once you get Britain back, it's a different story, but he, he's the only true closer on that team right now. I would even take my chances with Miguel Castro, the sinker baller. Like, Oof. <laughs> literally, Miguel Castro, Clay Holmes, Michael King, all those guys I would trust over Chapman. Well, I, Clay Holmes is the fourth best reliever in baseball this year, statistically speaking. I would go with Holmes. I, I don't know if I'd go with King. King, they were using in these bulk inning runs, as noted in his stat line from Tuesday, going three innings. Um, and I think the Yankees are doing that on purpose, so that way if they want to, if they put him in the use as a starter at any point, he's he's used to going a distance. I don't think there should be a set closer. That's basically what I'm saying. I think okay. any of the guys that I mentioned on any given night should get the ball and close it. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm fine with going home here for a little bit just to kind of see what happens. Uh, but, you know, that being said, I, I don't think you can just throw Chapman to the wind either. Um, Give him the ball sometimes. If, but. Well, the main issue with that is you have the, you know, I guess the, the alpha dog situation in a way. Um, I forgot. I'd even put Jonathan Lewisica to close the game. I'm telling you, I don't trust Chapman oof, based yeah. on his last few years. I mean <laughs> – Nate, Nate's not even a Yankee fan, and he can remember all the moments that he's blown games. And oh yeah, you don't. I that one game against Altuve in the playoffs when he was laughing after the fact. Wow, that I will, that was I also, will never forget. That was also that. that was also 2017. <laughs> like yeah, closers are gonna blow saves. That's, I understand the, that, and I'll that's, never forget that. that. 2017 of anything involving Altuve with anyone involves a asterisk. You get that ball to the moon though. So it's and he la- and he yeah, laughed. I would about too. It. I would too if I know a slider's coming. You know. <laughs> but yeah, that's my point. He just he, uh, he's shouldn't close every right. time. It shouldn't just be whatever whatever the numbers are saying or whatever you know Aaron Boone feels. Shouldn't right. just always be Chapman, Chapman, Chapman. That's fair. No, that part's fair. That part, yeah. Um, and then the other the one to me that's actually obvious is uh, Joey Gallo, who is 0 for 13 in the first three games against Baltimore. His average has now dipped to a new season low of 176. I, I don't even know what to say about the guy. I mean, I like him as a person. I like him. I like his defense. I like his ability to get on base. But I'm sorry. it's you got to stop with the home run or nothing. Like, yeah. do something. Adjust. I mean, striking out three, four times a game every single night. And that goes fair in Hicks. Two for his last 34. Two for 25 with runners in scoring position. Like, when are you going to figure it out? And and they just continue to put him in the lineup. It's it's hilarious. Right. But it's good to see Marwin Gonzalez in the lineup, though, today after having a nice night in the yeah. field and a hit. I think um, the, the deal with Gallo, it's they need to – they're going to have to try and unload him. I, I do feel bad. Um, he it, It's giving me a lot of uh, the Sonny Gray vibes from him. Um no, that being said, he was kind of doing the same thing in in Texas towards the end, uh, but he wasn't struggling quite this bad. Yeah, New York definitely has gotten to him, but mm-hmm. I do believe if the I mean he's a free agent at the end of the year, so you might as well try to trade him. Yeah, um, I think um, I, I know the name. <laughs> people people are going to chuckle, but a name that I know has surfaced slightly has been Michael Conforto. 
Um, it, it will involve different, obviously, things since Conforto's a free agent. Uh, but I wouldn't be opposed to, to having Conforto uh, in pinstripes at this point, as opposed to, to Joey Gallo. And Yankee fans are going nuts over the Juan Soto rumors, you know. Yeah, I, I, if I'm the Yankees, I would not expect to get Juan Soto. Yankee fans. Yankee fans are, because I, I think they've already done their one, uh, one, one-time deal in the Hal Cashman era with, with Stanton doing that. You know how so. much that would take for that kind of player that young with a lefty bat? Right. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Let's um let's take a look at what's ahead for the Yankees here. Obviously today, twelve thirty five game, getaway game. Uh Jomo, Joe Montgomery going for the Yankees. Hopefully he gets run support. He's going up against Bruce Zimmerman. Probably get two runs. Yeah. Um oddly enough, both are fairly similar pitchers at this point. I don't uh I don't foresee a high scoring affair exactly in that one. Um lousy game, I think. Speaking of lousy games, uh, the Yankees have three against the Chicago White Sox this weekend. Uh, 7.05, 105, and 7.08 starts respectively. Kyle Evans, eat your heart out once more. Amazon Prime video tomorrow night on Friday. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that. Uh, Dallas Keuchel going for the White Sox, 2-3. and three. He's going against Nestor Cortez. Even though that's a TBA, but it is his spot in the rotation. Saturday, on yes, 105 start. Michael Kopech, who will be coming off the paternity list. So congratulations, Michael Kopech, on the birth of your child. Um, he'll be going against Luis Severino, uh, 3-0 on the year. Look at you over You got excited when I said Severino. No, I'm just looking at the next um, oh. pitching matchup, and I see Johnny Cueto. Johnny Cueto making his second start on the year for the White Sox on Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN at 7 8 Wow. Cueto versus J-Mo, Jamison Tyone. Um, really looking forward to that matchup. That will be a um, pitching ninja delight, I think, on Sunday night. Sunday night baseball, take the over. Stop. No. Well, yes, but no. I don't think so. I think that's a bad move Sunday night, but I need to see the first couple games of the series to make a proper judgment call. When they juice the balls, take the over. Still, I, I, I understand that, but still baseball games are clipping at a going under rate of every six of ten games, so. That's also three of five. Okay, I won't quit my day job, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you barely listened to me the other day. <laughs> Let's move on to our uh, down on the farm squads uh, before we head out. Uh, Rochester still first place in the IL East, but they have dropped uh, two straight after winning nine. So as as their Twitter account and social media said yesterday, they're still nine of nine and two in their last eleven. That's still really good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right but, on um, the post game story. Yeah. But uh, uh, Tuesday, eleven to five loss to Lehigh Valley. Bailey Falter picked up the win for the Iron Pigs. Kate Cavalli, uh, very much so struggled in this game. He only lasted two thirds of an inning, gave up five hits, five earned, two strikeouts, two walks. Um, he's been a bit of a mystery this year. He he kind of we thought righted the ship a little bit. Um, look, maybe the, maybe they just got to him quick there early because, um, like I said, um, you know. The, just, just a rough, almost like the for the team, the kind of like that two thirds of an inning kind of tanked them because the offense did show up to to a degree. I mean, Jake Knoll had a double and a couple RBIs. Lucius Fox had double and an RBI. Um, yeah, and he Josh put a, Palacios had an RBI and a hit. Same with Andy Young. And that's the thing; he put them in a hole so early that they had to kind of climb out of it, and it was kind of too late. Yeah. Um, Wednesday, uh, 
Logan Verrett kept him in the game, um, all things considered, and the offense just was not there for him. Francisco Morales picked up the win for Lehigh Valley. Like I mentioned, Logan Verrett the loss. And uh, former top pick uh, Mark Apel picked up the save. It's been interesting kind of see the Phillies kind of work with him still and kind of figure out uh, something for the former Astro number one overall pick. Uh, well, he's kind of finding his funny. That, that's always been a cool story to me, but that's uh, you might be seeing the similar deal with Kumar Rocker. Anyway, um, like I mentioned, Verrett kept him in. I mean, he went five and two-thirds, six hits, three earned four walks, and three strikeouts. About as good of a start as you can ask out of a guy who's a quad-A pitcher, as we'd call him at this point. Um, and, look, did, did the job. Uh, the offense should have been there for him. And through no fault of really, I guess, anyone specifically, but you have Lucius Fox who went three for three with a with a triple and a stolen base, and, and Stevenson got him in with had a hit in RBI. That was pretty much it. Uh, Lucas Fox kind of put the team on the back there offensively, and they just couldn't really do too much with him. Yeah, and Fox has actually been red hot lately. Yeah. So that's good to see. So uh, for the rest of the week today, I know that they're still scheduled to be playing. First pitch was 10 minutes ago because it was education. Yeah, it started in a rain delay. Okay. Uh, so James Marvel – uh, against Hefe Rodriguez today uh, in Rochester. Uh, at that point, only Lehigh Valley has any listed pitchers the rest of the way. Uh, Michael Marriott for them tomorrow, and then Colton Eastman on Saturday, and then everybody else is TBA. Rochester has nobody listed, uh, and then near to Lehigh Valley for Sunday. Interesting thing to note, though, about a couple weeks ago in Rochester, and this to me gives a lot of credit to the Silver family and the Rochester baseball community uh, conglomerate as a whole, uh, the Finnish national team uh, team president and manager, President uh, Juka Ropanen and manager Taro Hakkinen, um, spent the week in Rochester uh, when they had their series against scranton Wilkesbury a couple weeks ago, uh, kind of seeing how the Red Wings kind of operate, uh, the ins and outs of not only the front office and the team and everybody over on that side, but also uh, like Matt Lecroy and the coaching staff as well. Um, so to me, for, for a country that's trying to get um, really baseball going at that national level, I think it's pretty cool of an indicative of, of how well Rochester operates as a team and, and as an operation. Yeah, that is really cool to hear. Um, Syracuse Mets, uh, they only played one. Yesterday was a rainout for them in Buffalo. Uh, Tuesday, though, they dropped the team and game opener, series opener 9-3. to Casey Lawrence picked up the win there, as I mentioned, Rob. So Trasney uh, picked up the loss for the S-Mets. Uh, Nick Plummer had a two-run home run. Travis Blingorn picked up a couple doubles, and uh, Mark Ventios picked up a double. Um, so Trasney uh, went three and two-thirds, five hits, two earned a walk, and two strikeouts. Uh, so they played two uh, today. They have five games in four days, and uh, for both teams, because of everything that's kind of going on, you also with Toronto – kind of moving people up and down because their pitchers are in such an injury mess. Um, everybody's pretty much TBA across the board for, for them uh, moving forward today when I went and lucked. So um, big series, I, I'd say, the rest of the way for both teams. As um, I know, just to tease ahead a little bit to next week, uh, they do face each other in Syracuse, Rochester and Syracuse, for the second uh Iteration this year of uh, the through a uh, the governor through a cup for Rochester and Syracuse. That's going to be a Rochester sweep food fight. I don't know about that, but who knows? All right, that wraps up uh, Concrete Jungle for Thursday today, uh, guys. Any parting thoughts before we head out of here? Nope, I don't really. You know what you're going to hear from me. 
Game five tonight in Utica. Oh, you're Amber's, not going. You're you're such a liar. I wish I was going, but um, <laughs> all right, fine. Utica tonight for game five. High series. <laughs> game two in Miami. Let's go Heat. That yeah. too. Yeah. All right. Uh, appreciate Nate Sharma behind the controls producing. Uh, Kyle Evans and myself, Paul Russo. For everybody here at FamilyX1.com, you can catch Concrete Jungle Live every Monday and Thursday on YouTube. Catch up anytime there or listen on Spotify and Anchor and a couple other major podcasting platforms. We'll catch everybody Monday morning. Enjoy the weekend.